all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Konnichiwa. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Japanese. Well, not the not the whole episode, uh, just that word. I understand, but that's but you were identifying. Yeah, that's I, correct. I didn't think we were doing an entire episode in, <laughs> no. in another language. That'd, that'd be a wee bit difficult. <laughs> Considering I don't speak Japanese, yes, yeah. it would be. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Follow us: Insta X, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Blue Squat, Blue Squat, Blue Sky, <laughs> and Threads at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Com. Why do I want to add W's to everything? Join our Facebook discussion, our subreddit, and our Discord. Do all of those things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how you, just how you announced the episode just threw me off for a second. So. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, apparently I'm just adding W's to everything for no reason. There we go. Must be this uh, Guinness N.A. <laughs> It's the non-alcohol right? part that's yes. getting to me, apparently. I'm, get, I'm getting loaded. <laughs> Can't you see? I am so fucked up. <laughs> it's like that episode. That's, of... that's when you're like trying to be the cool kid at the party, and it's really like an N.A. beer, but you're just like... <laughs> yeah. that, that episode of um, Freaks and Geeks where they have a kegger, but the younger kids swap out the barrel, or the barrel, <laughs> the keg, for a keg of N.A. beer. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, and then the one that. kid just sits in the room watching Dallas getting drunk while all the other kids are drinking NA beer, but per, like psychosomatically thinking that they're getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good one and only season of a mm-hmm. television show. It was pretty much like a perfect season of television. It was great. Then go away. <laughs> Maybe Arrested Development should have no, because the second season was pretty funny too. But the first season was just fucking hilariously funny i think i've watched like the first 10 episodes of the first season like three or four times yeah, i never, never really got past that. that yeah i've watched some of the second season no mm-hmm. i've watched the whole thing no i'm thinking of the third season i've watched mm-hmm. some of the third season okay um but yeah the, the first scene is, season is just i mean nobody had ever done a show like that before it was hysterical yeah there's money in the banana stand. Yeah, there's money in the banana stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they would have arguments, and the, the, the way the camera was framed, it was a close-up, or it was a two-shot of the, the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then it would pan out, and they're having this argument like, in front of, like, <laughs> right. 50 people about uh, about Buster. He was building his bike, like, in the middle of a in the middle of a meeting. But you don't realize that until, like, right, the fight is, until out. the argument is over. Right. And he's just like, uh, why don't you guys just go ahead and go for the weekend? <laughs> How much could a banana cost? Ten dollars. Yeah, she was. She, I, who was that actress? Because she was mm. fucking hysterical in that. The character was Lucille. Blue, yeah, but I can't remember the actress's name. No, I don't name, remember her. But her she name. was hysterical. Yeah, I think she died pretty recently, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, she was really funny. Yeah, in that role. Well, anyway. now that we've covered Freaks and Geeks yes. and Arrested Development. <laughs> you, you've stumbled upon our new podcast. Yes, TV talk. TV, TV sitcom talk. Finished, completed TV sh- series uh, talk. Um, That's okay, because this one's going to be yeah. a total bummer. Yeah. Uh, this is a script by Haley B. Can I, can I, before you get into it, can yeah. I take a guess on what it's going to be? Oh, sure. I don't think you'll get it, because oh, I haven't, okay. I've never heard of this. Oh, okay. Sure. What was your guess? I was going to guess, because you opened it, obviously, with Oh, Je- Konnichiwa. With mm-hmm. Yes. So I was going to guess it was maybe the the nuclear... Uh, oh, Fukushima. Yeah. yeah we, that's I don't, a, we've never done that, We have right? not. So interestingly, here's where we stand with Fukushima. So there... And it's I have it's a, still kind of an ongoing disaster in itself as well. Yeah, still so... Well, and it will be, right? Yeah, like yeah. Chernobyl, it's going to go on yeah, for a whole away. while. Yeah. Um, here's where we stand on that. And this, is, this has happened in a couple of instances. Um, and we've discussed this, you know, that when people send in when anyone wants to send in a script it can kind of be in any format you want right some people have just sent and and this is really helpful like a list of links right or bullet points like here's here's some of the main highlights that's all really really helpful um the 
the thing that happens sometimes is that I am then required to like put that in narrative format and then I don't do that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I'm the problem after that. So we do actually have, I'm pretty sure it was Mel B who did this, not of the Spice Girls, <laughs> um, our listener Mel B, who put um, together... Uh, some really good resources and bullet points um, for Fukushima. And I've always said, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's great. I need to do it. And then I just don't do it. So, um, but that's right. That is one that we need to do. And that's because that's a big one. That's a very, uh, yeah. It's a probably our biggest 21st century nuclear disaster, right? Oh, yeah. Can you think of another one? Mm-hmm. In the t- I can't even think of another one, but that one was well, pretty Love bad. Well, Love Canal, we did that. We did Chernobyl. No, 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 did... but 21st century. Oh, 21st, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there have been smaller ones or mm-hmm. whatever, but um, we're talking meltdowns. I mean, know? a meltdown generally just isn't small. On well, plus, Fukushima is like a mega disaster because it was an earthquake. Or no, it was a well, tsunami. Well, it was a tsunami, which is uh, essentially an, an underground earthquake. earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. So yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, yes. Which so, yeah. led to a tsunami, which led to massive uh, flooding everywhere, which right. led to, eventually, that's what led to, because basically what had happened with that, I just know the gist of it, there was mm-hmm. just so much water backed up into the nuclear facility uh-huh. that they couldn't, it was holding in all the radiation that was going to oh, go, geez, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then, you know, of course that comes with, what, what else comes with floods and earthquakes? Fires. Oh, yeah. Uh, outages. Electrical issues, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not not measles. Um, <laughs> co- no, cholera. Oh, oh, oh Generally gotcha. comes with uh, with flooding, an outbreak of cholera. Well, so waterborne diseases, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that would be a quadruple <laughs> rem- Maybe we should do that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we should actually do that. We'll just talk about it. <laughs> well, let's It'll see. It'll be easier we are, than doing research. We're on yeah. episode 347. Wow. I know. So maybe a, a, third, a 350 or a 400? Maybe, maybe we just Jeez. need to change the format and just like just talk about a disaster. <laughs> like, not do any research. Here we go. Just what can we remember yeah, about the disaster? <laughs> that was like... Um... As I'm staring at the Reaganland book. Oh, I know, Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a disaster. Yes. Yeah. New book alert. But I can't, I can't stop the pod every time I buy a new book. No. Otherwise we would. I have not quite as many books as we have episodes. So there's that. Oh my God. Getting what close. a visualization. We have done more episodes than the number of books we can see here. Although I didn't count my journals in my. Well. So maybe if we include the journals, it's pretty close. Maybe. Anyway. So this is a Japanese disaster, correct with that. <laughs> and again, this is by Haley B. So thank you, Haley, as thank you always. Thank very much, yes. But this is something I had never heard of. So I'm really glad Haley did it because this is super interesting. And Haley, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, Haley, because Haley's done a bunch of scripts for us before. I was going to say, she's done. she's definitely done, I would say, three or four. Yes, and I think she tends to, I think she... I think she tends to do, she or she has certainly done some, like, outbreaks and medical-related stuff. Um, and this certainly is as well. This is the story of the Tokaimura criticality event and the suffering of Hisashi Aochi. Okay. So, speaking of radiation, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to include some radiation. But Haley puts some important trigger warnings at the very top. Of the script. Trigger warnings for body horror, medical scenes, and just all around a very bad thing. Mm. I mean, the suffering of this person, right? My sources include How Stuff Works, Wikipedia, and a book called A Slow Death, 83 Days of Radiation Sickness. Mm. So, I think we can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. This script follows the story of the talk. Tokaimura criticality event, but more specifically, the plight of Hisashi Aochi, the man who lived for 83 days after the incident. We also follow his wife as she stays by his side the entire time. Unfortunately, no one reports her name, so she remains nameless in this script. That sucks, especially for somebody who was like, um, really like a caretaker for this person. 
somebody who's certainly in the forefront of the story. It yeah. Like. So yeah, that's sad. And also, like, if your spouse is suffering, you're suffering too, yeah. especially if they die, which it sounds like maybe that's what happens. At the Tokai Village nuclear campus, two major nuclear accidents occurred. <coughs> the first was in 1997 resulting in an explosion and radiation exposure of over 20 people. See, that's the other thing. I'm sure there are plenty of much, much smaller radiation incidents that aren't meltdowns, right? And and yeah. just, like, affected the people working there, yeah. most likely. So, yeah. The second, which we are discussing today, was on September 30th, 1999, at the Japan Nuclear Fuel Conservation Company, or JCO. It was a criticality accident, the release of radiation from an uncontrolled nuclear chain reaction. So it sounds like a, a mini meltdown, mm -hmm. sort of. The ultimate cause of this accident was a lack of regulatory supervision, inadequate safety, culture, and improper technician training and education. So in other words, it wasn't preventable at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Right? It resulted in 667 almost a spooky number, people being exposed to radiation and the death of two workers. Radiation exposure causes the death of bone marrow... <laughs> Sorry, that was, just, that was just funny here. <laughs> just sliding the mic around while I'm speaking. Okay. Um, radiation exposure <laughs> okay. causes the death of bone marrow in the body. Bone marrow makes red blood cells, the cells that carry oxygen around the body, and white blood cells, the cells that fight infection. Without either of these cells, your organs will eventually stop. It's only a matter of time. Hmm. The JCO facility converted uranium hexafluoride into enriched uranium dioxide fuel. Don't ask me what that means. I'm a biologist, not a nuclear physicist. That's right, Haley's a biologist. I was like, I knew she, I knew she did... Sciencey stuff. She was, she was of the sciences. Of the sciences, yes. <laughs> of uh, are you of the Boston sciences no. or of the Philadelphia? <laughs> this is the first step in the production of nuclear fuel rods that power many of Japan's power plants. I remember when we talked about fuel rods yep. in not Chernobyl. Yeah. I mean, that, what about them? Right. I don't remember, but <laughs> uh, they can uh, they can explode. That is ultimately. I like how you, if you said if that. You don't, if you don't give them enough water, oh. that's essentially what can happen with those. So just do that. Water them. Water. Like, like water like your fuel rods, like folks. Like they're a plant. <laughs> the process goes something like this. First, small batches of uranium oxide pow powder are fed into a dissolving tank and produce urinal nitrate using nitric acid. Then the mixture is transported, carefully obviously, to a, spe a specially designed buffer tank. This tank is designed to prevent fission activity from reaching criticality. By increasing the surface area of the tank, neutrons scatter and do not come into contact with other nuclei, preventing fission chain reactions from occurring. The buffer tank slowly adds the mixture to a precipitation tank and ammonia is added within the precipitation tank to produce a solid product. Finally, this mixture is added to a dissolving tank until it is purified. However, pressures put on JCO led the facility to employ an illegal procedure, skipping several steps in the typically safe process. Hmm. I do not recommend that. No. Mm -mm. JCO's new procedure involved employees dumping products straight into the precipitation tank using steel buckets and no protection equipment. What could go wrong, I wonder? This would prove to be disastrous on that fateful day <coughs> at the end of September 1999. As any other day, 35-year-old Hisashi Auchi woke up at 6 a.m., left his wife and son at home, and headed to work at JCO in Tokamura at 7 a.m. Ochi, Masato Shinohara, and Yutaka Yokokawa were the technicians on duty that morning, and they were told to speed the process along because of new shipping requirements. So they were under the gun, mm. under pressure. It was JCO's first batch of fuel for the Joyo Experimental Fast Breeder Reactor in three years. 
None of the technicians on duty had received training or protocols for this new, faster procedure. Has, have they, at any of the manufacturing facilities you've worked at, have they ever just thrown you somewhere without showing you the procedure? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, and you're <laughs> I mean, not dealing with nuclear power or, no. or anything. <laughs> I mean, they. you might, like, suddenly they might need somebody to train. That's happened before. Like, you know, we don't have, like, a backup in the spot we needed to train today. But they but train you're, you. But you're with somebody. Right. You're not, you're uh-huh. not do, they're not, like... Go to purification and just purify things. Just, just go. Just, just do it. Whatever seems right. Like I would literally like shit my pants if somebody gave me that because I'd be like, uh, wh- how? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, once you learn the process, it's really not. Well, some of it can be. Sure. But for the most part, it's not that complicated mm-hmm. because it's a process. You, you just know? follow and the steps. Yeah. SOP. Quite, yeah. quite literally. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, nobody. I hope, is that, oh my god, like, can you imagine that? <laughs> no. No. No, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's like, okay, this is a super similar procedure, or, or they just weren't told, no, this is done differently, so they just assumed what the procedure was, but still, I just can't, just the idea of, they were not taught the procedure, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, what? It's, it's like, how? How does that happen? That's just, that's just wild. Ugh. Now, I mean, nuclear energy is, except for the meltdowns part, is historically the safest right. uh, uh, version of energy. But Cleanest. It, right. But it has to also be, like, meticulously maintained. Yes. Like, There's you can't, not a margin of error. Not yeah. really. Uh-huh. No. Like, not, mm-hmm. no. Not much of one. Mm-hmm. You don't want to test it. That's, that's for damn right, sure. Right. Um... So, the men were told to use buckets to fill the precipitation tank, bypassing the buffer tank. Uh, This process was considered illegal under Japan's Radiation Safety Board, but the technicians were unaware of this. Mm -hmm. So, basically, their bosses are telling them to do something, so they're doing it. And they have no idea that, like, this is illegal and it's illegal for a reason. Mm -hmm. Probably that they're going, they're about to find out. When pumped into the precipitation tank by the buffer tank, there is only 5.3 pounds or 2.4 kilograms of solution in the precipitation tank at a time. Auchi held a funnel above the precipitation tank as Shinohara poured bucket after bucket of the uranium solution through the funnel. Yokokawa was sitting at a desk 13 feet or 4 meters away. Auchi's right side was flushed against the precipitation tank with part of him draped over the top of the tank. Okay, so he was like, because he was funneling in. At around 10.35 a.m., as Shinohara was pouring the... Very smooth page turn here. He's pouring something. Let's find out. (laughs) Uranium? Seventh bucket of uranium solution. That sounds more than the 5.3 pounds. The precipitation tank reached criticality with about 35 pounds or six kilograms of aqueous urinal nitrate inside. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, urinal. Not like the toilet. It's U-R-A-N-Y-L, just so we know. This is almost seven times the legal mass limit according to Japan's radiation safety. Mm. I also imagine Japan has a very strict radiation safety board. Japan uh, has quite a quite a history of radiation stuff. Yes, they do. Working without the proper training, the men had accidentally put too much solution inside the tank. They heard a loud smacking noise followed by a bright blue light. That does not sound Mm-mm. good. Known as the Cherenkov light, this is a brilliant blue flash that indicates criticality. Immediately, Neutron beams pierced through their bodies as the gamma radiation alarm bell rang. Because Auchi was against the tank, he received the most radiation, with his right side receiving five times the amount of radiation as the rest of his body, besides his arms, which we will talk about later. Their boss yelled, run for your lives. That is not something you want your boss at the nuclear facility to say. Uh, he, he yelled that from a nearby room. The men fled the area, ending in a decontamination room where Auchi vomited and passed out. 
Shinohara experienced pain, difficulty breathing, and nausea as they waited for an ambulance to arrive. The National Institute of Radiological Sciences received word that a radioactive dosimeter, the little badges x-ray technicians mm-hmm. wear on their uniform, had reacted to the men's bodies inside the ambulance. Due to this, the workers were greeted by men and women in large white suits mm-hmm. to prevent the hospital staff from being exposed to secondary radiation. Yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> this turned out to be unnecessary as the men themselves were not radioactive but the potassium and sodium inside them were. The photo of staff in white garments was, of course, sensationalized by the media. Back at JCO, there was no emergency plan in place, so authorities who knew of the accident urged residents nearby to not eat crops or drink water from the area. Later, testing confirmed that 39 workers at JCO had been exposed to the immediate radiation with at least 667 people nearby exposed to excess radiation. The accident began being broadcast by news stations at 12.30 p.m., but it was initially thought to be a radiation leak, not Japan's first criticality event. People living within 1,150 feet or 350 meters of the plant were evacuated, and the 310,000 citizens living within 6.2 miles or 10 kilometers of the area were told to shelter in place. Why would you shelter in place if you were in a nuclear? I don't quite get that. Yeah, uh... I'm not not sure I understand that, because wouldn't the idea be to get out of the area? Well, also, if you're in a nuclear power plant, there could be... And up to this point, maybe there are lead-lined rooms that you can duck out in. Mm. You know, if there is a meltdown, so, so you're not. So I mean, that's that's a possibility. I don't know if that's something that exists at this time or at all. Maybe they're like, don't go outside just in case it. Some I mean, I could be. Okay. I mean, I've never worked at a nuclear power the same. plant. Same. <laughs> <so laughs> it's fair. <laughs> I don't know what their protocol would be during a, you know, this type of event. Yeah. Same. I can only imagine it'd be scary as fuck. Oh yes. Oh, yes. We live within 10 kilometers of it. Yeah. The, mentioned that. The yeah, power plant. Not so. very far. Yeah. At NIRS, that's the radiologic, National Institute of Radiological Sciences, Haley mentioned, Auchi vomited and the substance was tested. Oh, they tested his vomit. Sure. It contained sodium-24, indicating that Auchi had been exposed to mm. neutron beam radiation. Oh, God. During a criticality incident, neutron beams are released into the surrounding area. These beams convert normal sodium in the body into radioactive sodium-24. That's wild. The most important information when treating radiation sickness is how much radiation the patient received. This is measured in SV, short for sievert. To put this in perspective, a chest x-ray exposes the patient to about 0.1 millisievert. Auchi's team estimated that he had been exposed to over Eight sievert. Okay. Uh, with the mortality rate being 100%. Jeez. Mm. <clears throat> However, chromosomal tests showed he had received around 20 sieverts, or 20,000 times the maximum radiation our bodies can tolerate in a year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... This that's, poor guy, he's not, not making it. Not, not sounding good for uh. this one. Due to the seriousness of the situation, the three technicians were placed in the NIRS Heavy Ion Therapy Center in sterile rooms. When Auchi, a powerfully built young man, had arrived at the hospital, he had no outward signs of being a radiation sickness victim. In fact, he was nicknamed the Cheerful Mr. Auchi by staff. Dr. Maikawa, the lead doctor in charge of Auchi's case, asked him if he had any pain, and Auchi replied that he had some under his ear and in his right hand. Oh, that would be on the side that, yeah, it was. However, as the day wore on, he began to show more signs. His urine output decreased, as well as his blood oxygen levels, requiring him to be on oxygen treatment for his stay. His abdomen swelled, a possible sign of intestinal damage. His right hand was red and swollen. By day three, he was transferred to the University of Tokyo Hospital to receive better care. When the body is subjected to high doses of radiation, the first thing that gives way is cell division. 
The cells that rely on cell division the most include white blood cells, our immune system, intestinal mucous membranes, and skin cells. The doctors tried to make a treatment plan. I, the, I really like that Haley did this because um, I feel like we've touched on what radiation does to the body, but not in any, like, spec, not with this specificity. Right. Because I mean, we're they, not biologists. Correct. <laughs> and, the, and the only episode we've ever really talked about, like, really, like, radiation in a body horror type of sense would be the radium girls that we did oh yeah mm-hmm. so yeah and that was very i don't specific. even remember fucking how long ago that was right couldn't couldn't point you to what episode number that might be yeah same <laughs> 200 somewhere maybe um but and that was specific because they were essentially ingesting like mm-hmm. that it was in their mouth yeah. so that that was kind of specific it certainly wasn't what this guy went no. through that was a very different I mean, it all led to the same place, basically, but, yeah. However, the medical team in charge of Alchi's care had no experience with this type of accident. Oh, they flew in experts who had treated patients at Chernobyl for help. But those doctors hadn't dealt with someone so close to the reactor when it reached criticality. Uh, Alchi's team tried to keep his spirits up by asking him about his wife, who he could talk about for hours. They had met in high school, dated for seven years, and got married before having their son, who was currently in third grade. After day five, his son stopped visiting the hospital room directly, instead sitting in the waiting room. The medical team guessed that Ouchie's wife didn't want her son to see Ouchie get any worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A a little kid, too. Like, uh, if their son, third grade would have been like eight. So, yeah, you wouldn't want... The poor kids seeing their dad, like, just deteriorate. Chromosomal tests were run to check the extent of the genetic damage done to Alchi's cells. A normal person has 23 pairs of chromosomes, which can easily be arranged in, a, in order by a scientist. However, multiple experts confirmed, conferred over his chromosomal images, and none could arrange, or ident- arrange them or identify them. That mm. is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some were in pieces while others seemed fused together. Oh, my God. The chromosomes of your body are now, like, fusing and breaking apart. Jesus. By day six, his platelet count was 26,000. Platelets help clotting, and a typical platelet count is between 120,000 and 380,000. So it's, like, not even close. Platelet transfusions were started immediately. Ochi's sister offered to be a blood and stem cell donor, begging doctors to take as much as they needed to save her brother. Ochi's demeanor began to change, complaining to his wife about his everlasting thirst. He said, quote, I'd heard that Chernobyl victims complained of thirst. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't... I can I I can't imagine just like knowing that your body is slowly being destroyed by radiation. Is it, your body is it's breaking is, down. Your body is mutating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to yeah. a degree it really on, is. On a genetic level. When you're is. talking about yeah, mm-hmm. e- exactly. So chromosomally, yes, uh-huh. Yeah. So And and that's just causing the rest of your all of your body's systems to just completely break down. It's it's a very but it hints at like how you know post-atomic bomb era, like, oh, yeah. mutation things became sure. such a popular thing because there mm-hmm. were traces of, like, mutations. It's not going to turn you into, like, a Hulk or anything like or that. Or Godzilla. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But chroma- but your chromosomes in your body will mutate. Right. Right. The Just, result is not that you turn into a monster no. or something. It's, it's actually a lot sadder than that. It's yeah. that you just die. Your body breaks down. Yeah, turning into a monster yeah. would be fun, I, I think. Well, I mean, of. at least you yeah. survive. Yeah. <laughs> Until... The, the citizens of Japan kill you. Well, you know. <laughs> but then you come back Up and you have a successful then. film franchise. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. How that did not get nominated uh, for a Best Foreign Film, I have no idea, but whatever. Excellent uh, film. Uh, oh, the, the new one? Godzilla yeah. Minus mm-hmm. One. Yes. It was fantastic. On October 9th, 10 days after the incident, tape was forbidden from being used on Auchi's body. Mm. His skin would just come yeah. off. Yeah, we're getting into the icky stuff. Yeah. Um, his oh, okay. Hmm. Just, just this. Yeah. This is gonna get unpleasant real fast. His feet became degloved after washing. Oh. Horrific, I know. Yes. Um, I'm not gonna go into what degloving is, and I don't recommend yeah. looking it up either. Yeah. 
His skin went... Oh, sorry, I did that. He developed fluid in his chest, making it difficult to breathe. Mm -hmm. During moments of deliriousness, he... Deliriousness, he asked questions of the nurses like, quote, we're inside a truck, aren't we? End quote. So he's just hallucinating. and Sure. The, what, like, yeah. Oh, God. These moments brought brief reprieve as when he was lucid, he would tell nurses, quote, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, end quote. So, like, the hallucinations are almost helping him. Yeah. Jeez, that's horrible. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's maddening almost... that they just, like, it's almost like just take out a gun and shoot the guy. Well, I mean, I, mean really. I, I wonder what the logic was between, maybe because he was too unstable, but just like you, putting him in a medically induced coma. Well, maybe they couldn't. Maybe they couldn't get That's that close. The, or obviously like things are literally just falling off of him. They probably couldn't. Or basically if they had put him into a medically a, induced yeah. coma, he would have just died. Yeah, and unless assisted suicide is... Well, and at this point, he can't even consent to assisted suicide, Just so... Just pour, like, a vat of, like, morphine down his throat and... I guess, but <laughs> I wonder if his body would still respond to pain medication the same. I'm the sure they were medicated. Well, that's why I was saying, like, like a gun to the head would be the best option, let's be honest. Well... But, uh... But maybe they're also... Euthanasia would have been... Correct. Humane, most humane at that point, but... Correct. With but, uh, laws and whatever, like, it's... But partially, it's probably because they just couldn't, because he's quite in every sense, falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's also a part of me that's like, well, as long as he is mostly not lucid, mm-hmm. let's just study what's going to happen. Like, we need to know. Yeah. Like, what the effects are. Because, yeah, you obviously can't can't study otherwise, yeah. Because you would never expose anybody to something and like it, this. And it could be at the point where he's like that and just nobody wants to touch him because or what because you don't know like you well know no I mean? they're or... they're interacting with him they're well not, true that's true and this like... is this isn't like the 1940s either no, that's, that's no. true but you know what i mean there, there's no, there's I, just kind of the... i do i think what it is is they like by just by legal standards they really can't do anything no. for him other than try and keep him out of pain which is apparently not working his speaking stopped on day 11 as medical staff inserted a tube into his trachea to help him breathe by day 18, doctors were hopeful. Since his white blood cell count reached 6,500, the same as a healthy person's. Okay. Well, that may also be why they weren't, <laughs> they weren't going to yeah. do any, it's like, if, especially if they hadn't really treated someone with this level of, of radiation sickness, they didn't know they might be able to help him recover. Mm-hmm. So of course they're not going to you know, harm him if they can help him. Yeah. So, well, they're not going to harm him anyway, because first do no harm. But anyway, by uh, all right, his red blood cells and platelets were also increasing gradually. Still, he received a stem cell transplant taken from his sister. The hope the team had was quickly replaced with worry as they discovered <coughs> that 10% of the stem cells that had been transplanted from his sister to Ouchie had chromosomal abnormalities. Mm. On day 26, they theorized that the radiation had caused Auchi's cells to emit reactive oxygen species, which caused genetic damage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, his, his own body is now, like, radiating itself, yeah. kind of. That's crazy. All right. Um, Haley warns us it gets a little TMI coming up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's serious. As if, as if it didn't already. Oh yeah, it's Holy this crap. poor guy's literally falling apart. By October twenty sixth, Ochi was plagued with daily bouts of intense diarrhea. Yeah. At the same time it was found that myoglobin was flowing in his blood caused by muscle damage. By the way, I mean historically diarrhea can kill you. Oh, it absolutely can because you can dehydrate can, exactly. in a second. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of Civil War soldiers did not did not go out with in a grand old fight. Right. Uh huh. They yep. died of dysentery or freaking diarrhea. Right. Anything <laughs> that caused, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, his entire body was covered in gauze that needed daily changes uh, as his skin was completely gone. Oh god! It took a team of ten people to <clears> change <throat> everything over. To prevent heat loss during the bandage changes, the air conditioner was set to eighty six degrees Fahrenheit or thirty Celsius. And a radiant warmer was placed inside the room. Yeah, because he has no skin to protect. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. The team replacing the gauze came out of the room dripping in sweat. The liquid that seeped from his body 
reached one liter a day. His wife and sister cried, quote, there's nowhere we can touch him now. And oh, oh my God. It only got worse for Ouchie, huh? <laughs> what? Like, how? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Haley's going to tell us. Are uh, we ready? Uh, not sure. His eyelids wouldn't close, <sighs> so ointment was applied daily. Sometimes his eyes would even bleed. His nails fell off. His sister had been approached about donating skin, to which she readily agreed. A section of two centimeters by four centimeters, and Haley says, I'm not putting this into inches, just imagine a small section. It is mm-hmm. pretty small. Was taken from her thigh and sent to Ahime University for cultivation. His sister's really uh, yeah. being a good sister showing up for her brother like this. It would take two to four weeks to grow a significant amount of skin. On November 8th, cultured skin, not from his sister, but grown in labs from other donors, was transplanted to Ouchie's right abdomen and right leg. By mid-November, Ouchie was leaking around two liters of liquid out of his skin a day. Mm. That plus diarrhea, like, they must have to pump fluids into him. New skin grafts were done every other day. November 18th rolled around with what the doctors were dreading, bloody discharge from Ouchie's bowels. This indicated internal bleeding. Mm. Red blood cells and platelets were transfused daily to combat blood loss, but Ouchie considered losing 10 liters of liquid and blood a day. In December, his sister's skin grafts... I mean, that's fucking... This I is know. Nuts. It, it's horrific. Um, in December, his sister's skin grafts arrived and were immediately transplanted to Ouchie. 70 pieces were grafted onto him, but because of the amount of liquid Ouchie was leaking, the skin couldn't adhere properly and became loose after three to four days. Jesus. His wife stayed by his side whenever she could and never cried in front of her husband. He could, if, if my skin falls off, you're welcome to cry in front of me. It's okay. <laughs> Remember I was talking about shooting somebody in the yeah. head early? Is just get it over with like that's horrible what is, what is the point of all this mm-hmm. i mean really. well i mean the point is they're trying to see if no they i i i understand i'm i'm saying for myself i got you <laughs> well we'll start by not exposing you to radiation yeah. at these levels how about that <laughs> um he continued to decline his heart had begun beating faster during his treatment for nearly two months, his heart rate was that of a marathon runner I mean, mid-race. How is this person still a, like? It's I know that's the well, unreal part. Well, you know what? If he was an otherwise very healthy person, it like his body had farther to decline from. I guess. You know. I mean, but so what I'm saying is, be really unhealthy. That way, if you get radiation poisoning, you don't have Spartaca. <laughs> kidding, kidding, sarcasm. Because this is horrible. <clears throat> His heart had stopped three times in one day in November, but doctors continued to save him. Now here, Haley goes into it. It was some sort of legal issue about why they couldn't let him die, so they had to continue resuscitation efforts. So this is a legal thing. A legal thing. His kidneys and liver failed. His family remained hopeful as they commuted, communed. I I know. How the fuck? Like... Well, you know what? This is, we're almost in like, this is almost like in video game character mode. Like, they're like, it's almost like a demo. It's like, how much, like, can a person take and not die? It's like, what the, like, hopefully, what the fuck? Well, you know what? You can't, you can't question what the mind does during grief, you know? That is, that is true. So, or what, the, or what the mind is doing during this. Yeah. That's the... Well, hopefully for his sake, his mind is not doing anything. Yeah. You know, he's well, just gone. Yeah. Mentally. That's, yeah. that would be the best thing for him, you know. Um, his family remained hopeful as they communed in the waiting room, folding thousands of white paper cranes. Nurses described the weather and news to Ouchie, but were unsure if he had enough brain power left to understand what they were saying. The news reported on his condition, and citizens around Japan sent cards and paper cranes to the Ouchie family. Um, I'm going to guess that paper cranes are like a, a well-wishing symbol yeah. or something in Japan. Yeah, It's like the same thing they use for like their New Year's celebration, I think. They put them in water or the candles and that kind of stuff. Okay. I don't think yeah. I've seen that, but... No? But yeah, uh, like a... Yeah, that, that, that would make the most sense. Um... 
More tests showed that microphages, a cell in the immune system that typically eats dead cells or bacteria, was attacking healthy red blood cells. Mm. Medical staff couldn't get him enough blood to replace what he was losing. On December 7th, he went into shock, but recovered. He stopped breathing on his own. Dr. Mayakawa summoned the family into a medical office on December 19th. Oh, it's my birthday. Mm. I would, let's see, 99, I would have been turning 15. I actually really remember that birthday because I got my learner's permit and then hit a fence on Christmas Day. There you go. Anyway, December 19th at around 11.30 p.m., he explained that the next time his heart stops, it was probably best if they didn't administer resuscitation. And the family agreed. Uh, Yeah. The next day, Auchi's wife visited his bedside saying she wanted him to see the new millennium a whole in a couple of weeks. That's true, this is almost 2,000. By then, almost 10,000 paper cranes were crowding the waiting room. Mm. On the morning of December 21st, a mold appeared on various parts of his body. Oh, jeez. The nurses knew this was the end and covered his face in a thinner gauze so the family could see him better. At 11.21 p.m. that night, Hisashi Auchi died 11 days short of the new year. Mm. Sadly, many of the hospital staff who had interacted with Auchi learned of his death on the news. They wept for him and his family. Yeah, I can imagine they, like... Because they were going through it, too. Yeah, and there's an emotional investment, mm-hmm. you know, in caretaking positions like medical medical staff and stuff. I mean, that's just that, especially for so long. Mm-hmm. An autopsy was performed with the medical examiner noting that Auchi lacked skin on the front side of his body, but not his backside. Every mucous membrane in the body had disappeared and most of his bone marrow was gone. His heart remained untouched by the radiation and appeared to be that of a healthy human. That's wild. And Haley wrote, sounds like some type of metaphor, but I'll let you speculate yeah, on right? that. Yeah, um, seriously. Wow. Masato Shinohara, Aochi's co-worker, endured skin grafts, cancer treatment, and a congealed umbilical cord blood transfusion to boost his stem cell count. However, because of the extensive radiation damage, his kidneys and lungs failed, resulting in his death on April 27th, 2000. Mm. Yutaka Yokokawa, Aochi's supervisor, was released from the hospital three months after the accident. He suffered minor radiation sickness. Auchi had received 17, was it sieverts? Sieverts, I think, of radiation, while Shinohara got 10 sieverts and Yokokawa, 3. Yokokawa was arrested ooh, on October t- in October 2000, along with five others from JCO. The company was deemed responsible for not warning workers about the risk of critical- criticality, as well as repeatedly conducting operations considered illegal by Japan. Yeah. This included the use of the stainless steel bucket instead of following standard operating procedures. The six men were charged with professional negligence resulting in the death of two people. This was the first time Japan prosecuted someone as a result of a nuclear power plant accident. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. On March 3rd, 2003, or 333. Get it? 3303? Yeah. The six defendants... were sentenced to two to three years imprisonment with probation. During the trial, it was revealed that in 1995, the JCO Safety Committee had approved the use of steel buckets, which obviously was illegal. In 1996, JCO distributed pamphlets recommending using the buckets to speed up processing times. Another report found that JCO had been illegally using this method since 1993, so this could have happened well before. In fact, in 1997... Another accident had occurred at the plant, resulting in a fire mentioned at the beginning of the script. This script had JCO rehauled their safety procedures after that accident. The incident that killed Hisachi Auchi and Masato Shinohara may have never happened. Japan's Atomic and Nuclear Commissions ruled that the 1999 contamination accident was the result of poor management of operation manuals, failure to qualify technicians and engineers and improper procedures associated with handling nuclear chemicals. Because of this incident, yeah, right? I mean... Management uh, has killed so many people. uh, Like you... uh, (laughs) You know? Anyway. Yeah, I know, right? 
Because of this incident, Japan implemented quarterly inspections on all nuclear power plant facilities. They also began education programs within the plants to teach workers the dangers of improperly preparing radioactive substances. Mm. While these charges were implemented swiftly after the incident, nothing can change the fact that two lives were lost. Mm. I'll leave you with a quote from Auchi's wife translated to English. Quote, My husband always said that his job wasn't dangerous, but I don't think he fully understood the risks of his job. Today, I consider my husband to have been killed by his company. But even if that accident served as a lesson and we can live safely, safely without such an unfortunate accident ever happening again, the deceased aren't going to come back. Mm. There is no next time for them. Yeah. Wow. And that was the story of the Tokai... Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't read that for a second. The Tokai Mura criticality event and the suffering of Hisachi Aochi okay. by Haley B. I'm definitely going to need uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, yes. it's a long title. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but she's, the, um, Aochi's wife is absolutely right. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know how many people are like, if I could save but one life, it would be worth it. And she's like, you know, I get that a lot of stuff changed and that's great, but my husband's still dead and that really fucking sucks. Yeah. So, and she's 100% right on that. And it shouldn't take somebody dying for management to just follow proper procedure. What? <laughs> yeah, but see, what what we need to teach uh, the left or liberals like right, yourself right, right. is uh, there are winners and losers in capitalism. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes. Or the was just a, a loser. Sometimes all your skin falls off. <laughs> if you're a loser. Oh my God! But you're you're not wrong that that is a hundred percent what people actually are care. talking about. Like the people that rule the world, and I mean like from a financial and power aspect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there, I mean there are people that have power and money that aren't rulers of the world. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be honest. But the ones that are, like that's really how they see things. Yeah. I mean, let's not yeah. kid ourselves. No, it it, it <laughs> like um. Either it encourages... Because it's not, not going to be them. It either encourages sociopathy or it self-selects for sociopaths. It kind of does both. It's hard to know. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's like it's like the fork in the road, like both paths are wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, you'll become... Yeah. Uh, you'll either become... Uh, which might even be worse. You'll either become apathetic... Right. Or, or a sociopath. Right. At best, you'll become apathetic. Apathetic. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That, that's right. That is the better of those two. Sure. Because at least outcomes. you're not yeah. psychotic. Yeah. Like, uh, the next time we'll try to limit it to 800 people. Right. Uh-huh. Whereas the, like, the sociopath doesn't even think of. Right. They're like, whatever. Uh, send the families the $5,000 that we managed to negotiate in court. Right. Mm-hmm. That isn't going to be jack shit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. And his wife is absolutely right. His job did kill him. Yeah. His, his, specifically his employer killed him. Yeah. I mean, I, so we're talking, I mean, obviously manufacturing has been sophisticated for a while and mm-hmm. it gets more and more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're still talking about the nineties where it's still pretty sophisticated. Oh yeah. So and we're not talking the dark ages. No. Here, and yeah. we're not even, we're not even talking like the turn of like the 18th and the no. uh, 19th no, no, no. or um, 18th or 19th to 20th century Mm -hmm. where capitalism is new at the end of the 19th century and then it gets and the industrial revolution is right yeah they get better at it as the 20th century goes along (laughs) right they're honing their 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 psychopathy yeah Yeah, so this is 1999 so they're really good at it yes they are like the capitalism thing yes Mm -hmm. and but i just i can't imagine especially when you're dealing with something as sensitive as this right the stuff I've dealt with in my manufacturing mm-hmm. career is not sensitive, like, to this point. Right. Like, yeah, there you are some... Su- there are still hazards. Yes, there of course. There was somebody who got hurt at one of your workplaces. Yeah, like a steam burn. Yeah. yeah. Which that is no happen. joke. Fuck no. That's, that's incredibly dangerous and potentially life-threatening. Yeah. And there are all sorts of, like, slips and falls and things well, that I mean, could happen. All but... the staircases where I work are metal. Yeah. You know, and it's like that hard, like, mm-hmm. you know, so if you fall down the stairs, mm-hmm. you're probably going to hurt yourself, mm-hmm. like, pretty bad. But you're also required to wear, like, no-slip shoes yeah. and steel-toed boots and stuff like that. That's the whole point. But, yeah, just that, ugh. And, and it led to, like, so, not just a death, 
which the death is bad enough. But that poor guy spent you, the like, end of his life suffering, just horrifically suffering. He said he he was able occasionally to say that. The entire time I was thinking of uh, the video for Metallica's first ever video <laughs> for the song okay. One, uh-huh. which dealt with uh, a World War One movie that was called Johnny Got His Gun, and it was uh-huh. about a soldier that got like blown up by a bomb, oh, lost all of his limbs, couldn't hear, couldn't speak, but he was still alive. And they were just doing, basically, like, it's a movie. This oh, okay. is not a real thing. Uh-huh. But they were doing, like, experiments on him, just, like, he's alive. Oh, and like, yeah. but, but he learned how to, like, do Morse code. Okay. Like, in some sort of way, and told, like, Maybe a nurse. his mouth or something. Something like that, and told the nurse that, like, what was happening. Like, how much suffering he was mm-hmm. undergoing, yeah. So, mm-hmm. that's all I could think of like, when we were reading this off, was... Jeez. I mean, it's it's... That happened to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and even if you were, like, the biggest piece of shit on the... Even if you were, like, I'm not even sure if I would wish that on Donald Trump. Like, what yeah. happened to that guy? Like, I'm really... <laughs> no, I would go ahead and just put him out <laughs> yeah, of his misery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but all of this just... I mean, I cannot... Like, how the guy survived is... I don't know. For so long. Yeah. Yeah. And just kept... Like, surviving. went into shock, but survived. His heart stopped, but he survived. Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, my speculation, and it is only speculation because I'm no doctor, is that maybe he was really healthy to start with, a kind of a robust person, so he had a long way to deteriorate. Or maybe, like, the brain and the body, like, experienced, like, a kind of shock it never had before and just... Like, yeah. kept him alive somehow. Like, well, this you is know how what? far the... the, the, the all bodies, right, including animals, all species, are geared to survive. Yeah. And sometimes that can work against us when mm-hmm. there's extreme circumstances like yeah. that, you know. It's like, please don't, please stop fighting for me. Yes. <laughs> Let me just die. Yeah. Well, you just give up already. Right. Yeah. yeah. The secret to success. Just give up. <laughs> just give up. Just quit. Well, in this instance, it's <laughs> Yes, in not, this instance, yes. Not success, but... If at yeah. first you don't succeed, just quit. Yeah. In this in this case. Right. So poor guy. That's so sad. I feel so badly for him that first of all first of all for him that he had to go through that because that's horrific and no one should have to go through that. Ever, let alone like that's the last days of his life. And then his poor wife and family yeah. his kid and then his um his sister trying so hard to yeah. help him. That's just so sad. Like, like suffering is in the title. Like, I, I honestly think, like, suffering would have been an improvement. Right. Com- what, compared, like, what compared goes to, beyond Compared torture. to what the fuck was this was. It essentially, like, torture. Yeah. The, the radiation But it was even beyond, but it was even beyond yeah, that. Like, it's, it's, ugh. Anyway. Anyway, happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a great one. Anyway, <laughs> the Hurricanes might be in first place by the end of the week, and that's all that matters. We're recording this yeah. early, by the way, so it's a, we're, yes. we're not, if anyone's checking the standings. In case anybody hasn't uh, noticed, uh, it's hockey season now. <laughs> oh, good, yes. Football season's we been can, over. Now we just get hockey talk. Yes. So. Talky. So think about the Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup this year instead of this Thing. Instead of what we talked about for the past fifty minutes. Yes. <laughs> so that was the. But thank you, Haley. That was that was yes, that very that was well done. Excellent episode. And it does fully qualify as a bad thing. Uh yeah. <laughs> Again, a, a bad thing might be like a understatement or improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. So that was the uh, Tokimura criticality event and the suffering of Hasashi Auchi. Script by Haley Bees. Again, thank you very much. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.